Hello everyone and welcome to Brothers in Song. This is Dan here, um, or as my brother likes to call me, he who shall not be named. That's right. Because... Don't you forget it. My <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, brother and colleague here has gotten into the habit of not introducing me at the beginning of shows, so I just have to bust his chops a little bit. Uh, how's it going tonight, Joe? I'm doing well, Dan. How are you? I am also doing well. Uh, this is the first of our kind of summer Sundays series. Uh, we're going to talk about some cool songs. Uh, we're going to talk about why we think they're cool. And um, these episodes are going to be a little bit shorter. And uh, we're going to use them to discuss finer details of the songs we love. And uh, we'll just get right into it. Uh, for the first one, it was my cho choice. And I chose alive by pearl jam a very excellent choice i, I like to think so <laughs> <laughs> um yeah pearl jam is a band that the both of us have listened to quite a bit and we've cited pearl jam uh, a number of times on the show uh, especially in our early episode so um i kind of felt i needed to talk about them a little and um we're going to do Alive because it was their very first single off their debut album, 10, which came out in 1991. And I know it's a really well-known song at this point, but sometimes when a song becomes just so emblematic of an era and carries with it so many preconceived ideas, it can be a little bit difficult to remember what was so compelling about the song in the first place. So I'm hoping we can just you know, talk about talk about the music and and why it's good, maybe without some of that extra baggage. Um, so at this point, Joe, um, I'd like to know a little bit about, you know, maybe what you liked about the song, you know, back in the day and, and how you feel about it now. Yeah. So, I mean, this this entire album temp was a staple in our bedroom growing up, right? I mean, you were the one that first introduced me to Pearl Jam. And uh, obviously, I'm grateful for that <laughs> to this day. Uh, it was a very, it was a very uh, well done introduction into that style of music. And, um, you know, even I, I haven't listened to Pearl Jam in a while, you know, to be honest, but going back and listening to this track, you know, you forget how awesome it is. Like from the opening guitar lick to, you know, all the complexity and the lyrics that you hear through the verses. And then you just get this awesome, awesome guitar solo at the end with, you know, with, with, with the drums cranking in the background. And, uh, you know, I, it's something that, like you said, I've probably heard a hundred times. I'm sure many of the listeners have heard it many times. And, uh, you know, sometimes when, when music happens like that, you, you, you forget how great it was. And that's why you listen to it all the time, you know, for sure. For sure. And, you know, we were kind of talking about things before we started recording and just thinking about what a banger this song is, but it shouldn't be because if you kind of break down some of them, some of the individual elements, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it is really weird in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And like when, when 
I first listened to this, I was obviously a little bit too young to really understand the context in which this song and what, and what it's really about. Cause, cause it's a little bit darker than I remember it. And that's probably cause I wasn't paying attention, but, um, you know, when you're dealing with those sorts of elements in life, you know, you do kind of need a song that, that, that can, uh, showcase that, that kind of like emotional toll that it would have on somebody who, you know, doesn't know their father or thinks one thing about their, their parentage. And it's not necessarily true. And obviously this is all narrative. So, you know, take it for what you will, but, um, you know, it, it is powerful in, in, in its own way. And, and, and going back to what you said, this is the first single off the first album, right? So it's amazing that to me that this group is so well put together at this point and they're so cohesive and it all fits together. Like they've been playing together for 10 years, 20 years, like a lot of the other groups that we've talked about on this show, you know? Right. Um, you actually reminded me of something because uh, a little while back I was reading an article on this online uh, music magazine called Loudwire and it was a list of bands whose first album was their best album mm -hmm. and Pearl Jam was was one of them. Now, mm -hmm. I personally think that Pearl Jam definitely came out with music that was you know, just as good as this, you know, at different points sure, in, sure. In, in their career. Um, but uh, it just kind of goes, it, it just kind of speaks to the, you know, the staying power of this, of this album. Um, you know, and at this point, I'd like to kind of point out some of the other kind of weird things about this song. Mm -hmm. And I think the weirdest thing is that the lyrics don't fucking rhyme. They do not. <laughs> they do not at all. They don't at all. At all. Um, it's free verse poetry, right? It's just do whatever you want. Say what you want to say. Yeah, exactly. It's it's free verse poetry. It's sung in like almost a, a recitative kind of style. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like connecting it back to, um, you know, a classical music concepts mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um and it really feels like he's just just talking about this experience uh and and somehow it all it all fits together um even though there's no real kind of structure to the lyrics but then you get to the chorus which is like the simplest most oh. anthemic thing you could think of right? oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely yeah yeah um, it no, just, you know, I, I, I completely agree with that. Like the way that he kind of just like talks through the verses, but then you get to the chorus and then you hear, you know, let's talk about Eddie Vedder's voice for, for a minute right now, because sure. it is distinct. It is his own. You don't, you know, sometimes when we're talking about lyrics, it's like, oh, this person has you know, wonderful diction. That is not anything any better would ever be mistaken for. Right? No, no, no. And so you don't even know what he's saying because he's just like in the moment he's singing the words in whatever way he can make the sound that he wants to make it make make at that particular moment. And but it's effective, right? It still makes you feel what what he's trying to make you feel, even if you can't understand the exact words that are coming out of his mouth, right? Yeah, yeah. And and Eddie Vedder is also a singer 
look, uh, he's often imitated, but I think never duplicated. Without a doubt. Uh, and I think it's because when he came on the scene, you know, kind of after experiencing the 80s in hair metal, you know, now you have a rock singer that's just, he's a straight, like, baritone. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like the way he growls and stuff. I think that was, that was appealing to a lot of people and kind of inspired a lot of people Mm -hmm. to, you know, to try to sing in that fashion. Cause it was like, cause it was really different. It's Mm kind of like, I wonder if I, if I can do that, but here's the thing is like, that's that's just how he sounds like that's just his voice like if you listen to his to his speaking voice he's that's that's what he sounds like yeah yeah and in fact there is a there is a term for a singer that is trying to sound like eddie vetter and the term is yarling (laughs) (laughs) uh so when you're kind of doing like her her you know that kind of that kind of sound and like putting your tongue in the back of your throat to to make that sound it, that's called that's called yarling and people do that to to kind of uh add a little like gravitas to their voice mm-hmm. but the fact is like that prevents you from projecting when you do that right right unless it's innate in you and you have just happen to have that that quality in your voice it's it's I, as somebody who studied vocal pedagogy i just say it's it's not a route you want to take unless you really know <laughs> unless you really got it right right um yeah and and i think the people who do try and imitate him you know they're kind of they're, they're imitating the most kind of recognizable parts of his voice mm. but he's he's a much more versatile vocalist than that um, and I think a lot of the singers, like your Scott Stapps of the world, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they don't have Eddie Vedder's range. They don't have his subtlety. They don't have his ability to flip into falsetto right, right, when, right. when they want to. So, uh, you know, Eddie Vedder's a one of a kind and you just shouldn't do it unless you're him. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. 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 Now, while we're talking about individual musicians, I think we should take a minute to talk about Mike McCready because he goes fucking crazy on this one right just yeah. like like one of the best guitar solos you'll you'll hear like going back into you know it sounds very like 60s 70s like that that mm-hmm. real rock, like true rock sound yes um but you know it's just just a credit to him because it's it's amazing you know it's just really great playing and you know they gave him the latitude to do this in the song what is it like the last 45 seconds to, you know where they just let him rip and he, he goes for it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's even it's even longer than that because yeah. there there is a little bit of a vocal break that kind of breaks up the guitar solo, mm-hmm. but really the bulk of the song is done at like three and a half minutes mm-hmm. and the song's 540. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. Glad you paid uh, attention to that because like, I'm just thinking about like the the virtuosity of his playing when, when you're really paying attention, but you're right. I mean, it probably it starts much earlier than that. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I think Mike McCready is an underrated guitar player. Um, he just, 
I kind of appreciate how he he just never seems to repeat himself mm-hmm. song to song mm-hmm. and album to album, and you know, and in this solo, you know, he, uh, you know, it's electric guitar, so of course he has the ability to you know change tone and change mm-hmm. effects and stuff in the middle of of the solo and so he kind of uses all those tools and he does it in an interesting way that's i think is really compelling um but it also doesn't feel like just showboating for the for the sake of it right 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 i Um, mean that that can happen when people have solos right and it's just like oh i'm just gonna play the loudest and the fastest that i can play and you all should be impressed by it, right? Mm. But no, they're like with this in, in that in that interlude, especially towards the end of the track, you know, he's doing it with a purpose, right? Like you can you can hear you while he's playing, you hear like the thought process behind it, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you, you hear where he's going with it all, like harmonically, but also like putting in variations, so it's interesting to the listener and. I don't know if he just kind of like riffed one day and that's what he came up with or if he had been practicing this and it's all kind of planned out. I don't know how that all worked out, but I feel like it was probably a combination of, of both, right? Had some ideas, things that he wanted to put in, that he knew he wanted to put in, but then also was like caught up in the moment. It's like, I'm going to do this now. Yeah. And, and you know, amazingly, they got it on tape or track, or whatever they used back then. Yeah. Tape, I think, right? Yeah, I think it was still an analog process at that point. Um, but, and, yeah, I mean, it's all there. And, like, you can listen to live versions of the song, and, like, the solos probably are varied, but they're still really good, mm-hmm. you know? And that's a credit to him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're, I mean, it's obvious that we're really still you know, still kind of in love with this song, yeah. you know, 30 years, years later. later. Exactly. I mean, like, let's, let's feel super old. Right uh, now yeah, for sure. Cause it came out <laughs> in 1991. So yeah. You know? yeah. Um, now do you, do you have any, uh, any final thoughts on, on this particular song or, or anything else you want to say? No, it's just, I mean, I, I need to put more Pearl Jam in my life. I mean, I, I, I admired them for, for so long and then, got interested in other things and i guess there's only so many hours in the day but uh you know this reminded me like it's probably a good idea just to revisit them every once in a while because you know they were a seminal band for a reason right i mean they put their they put the mark their mark on the earth uh mm-hmm. you know starting in 1991 and then going on from from there right. so uh yeah yeah uh you know my my final thought is you, you know in 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 particular to this song, you know, it's one of those things where unless you were there, it's really hard to understand how and why this was popular. Um, Because when you start talking about it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. It's a nearly six minute rock song (laughs) with weird non-rhyming lyrics and ends with a two minute long guitar solo. Right. Uh, You know, if there was a song like that on the radio today, they would definitely fade the guitar solo out and the DJ would be, would be talking, talking about the weather or some nonsense, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, rock 95 points. Like interrupting <laughs> the guitar solo. Um, but there was never a radio edit. Like this was the song. They always let it go to the end. And, and 
if you happen to catch it on a on rock radio today uh they still let it go to the end um but um you know uh it just goes to show that you can't always like think of a popular formula to you know to make a song popular because this breaks a lot of rules and Mm -hmm. it was and it was as popular as as can be really right at the time um but uh with that uh i want to thank everyone for joining us on our little mini episode and uh there's more to follow and we'll see you next time take care Thanks for listening, friends. To connect with us and join the conversation, you can follow us on both Instagram and Twitter at Brothers in Song. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a review. It really helps us out. Until next time, listen to some new music. You may surprise yourself. <laughs>